0: Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started.
1: This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more.
0: Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector, and you're listening to a Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Hey, everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV, and you're listening to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. This is Michael Pitts, and you're listening to the Working Class Bowhunter.
2: Hey, this is Melissa Bachman. You're listening to the Working Class Bowhunter.
0: Hey, guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Tune in to the Working Class Bowhunter Hunter podcast really really not
1: that good working class bow hunter podcast starts in three two one i
3: think i left about four no one honestly really cares Steve's
1: calling me while i'm holding getting ready for this deer to stand up
3: glad you took this deer out he doesn't even drive american see that deer is what's exactly what's wrong with this country right he doesn't even support local american made deer compatible vehicles
1: that one that
3: one arrow cost me thirty three thousand dollars just aiming
0: too long and just moved a little bit. And I said, oh, no, it fired, you know, crap. I knew as soon as it left, it was just a little high. You're listening to The Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from The Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in.
3: Episode number 89 of The Working Class Bow Hunter podcast. That's right. Almost each and every week, if not twice, three times a week from right here in extraordinarily excellent Sherrard, Illinois, 1600 Buckslayer Place is the address for the Bucketorium.
1: Yep, lots of adjectives there. This is Curtis in the house. Eric here. And uh we are in the house. We're, we're back f- with it, I feel like. We're we're, we're back in our schedule, our once a week yeah. schedule. It's going to be that way. Update, you guys know we talked about it before. I'll be traveling the guys are going to be busy without me, but uh, hey, we we're, got this. We're going yeah, to keep it. it going. Yeah, we'll see we if, it, it. if it falls off, guys. I want emails. I want emails if, it, if I, it goes downhill and I'm gone.
3: I conquered a fear of mine today, so this is good. Heights? Yeah, I did not. Uh, I did not do do my pants when I was uh, up really high on a JLG lift. And Steve's That's back good. working because I back was back puckered up. So
1: <laughs> this, uh, well, I was going to get right into her there. I didn't mean to cut you short. But no, uh,
3: you go right on ahead. You know what?
1: The podcast you know, is brought to you by HHA Sports, guys. And we're really proud to be working with HHA. Uh, great company, great people, awesome products. Um, hashtag single pin nation. Yeah, the best bow hunting sites your money can buy. And they have the warranty that stands by it to prove it, too. Um, also brought to, brought to you by Badlands Packs. Same awesome warranty, lifetime yes. warranty, awesome packs. Um, New the, approach
3: camo. Go check it out. Um, always new stuff coming out from them guys so stay updated on them
1: yep also brought to you by smith's custom meats and deer processing and viola illinois oh lovely viola illinois yes can't go wrong uh we love them guys out there best best processing for your deer meat and that you could really ask for i mean they uh i've never been disappointed i've never got meat that tastes funny you always get your meat back um they're great they explain how they do stuff They'll actually give you some samples if you're curious about trying something on their menu. I
3: just had the deer bologna. Like, it was in my freezer since Scott was on. Uh,
1: I just tried it yesterday. So good. <sighs> Wonderful. And, yes. they, and they have meatloaf. Oh, dude, the uh, meatloaf. Yes. We talk about the meatloaf a lot, but awesome. So you guys, if you guys are local, check them out. You won't regret it. We can promise you that. And then also brought to you by Creative Critters Taxidermy by Mark Um We had Mark. Uh, Mark's been on a quite a few episodes uh, recently. Um, We just posted some pictures today on Facebook about the uh, custom septums that he does on his mounts where, you know, normally if you looked in your regular commercial taxidermy mount, like if you shine a flashlight in his nose, it probably looks, hopefully they they did some detail, but more than likely it's probably five-minute epoxy or some sort (laughs) of like magic sculpt in there, and it looks like clay. Mark actually goes through, custom inserts a septum. Like we got veins and everything, yeah, it's in realistic. It. So, like, if you shine a flashlight into it, it's like transparent, just like that septum is. And he's got detail, it's it's beautiful. But check out Creative Critters Taxidermy on Facebook by Mark Reif um, or follow us on Instagram. We tag him and stuff all the time. Yeah, it's easy to find that way.
3: Just about everything. So,
1: uh, yeah, hey, we're
3: uh, you know, each and every uh, week. We do try and do something for the vets. If it's not a vet, shout out. You know what? We're going to start uh, shouting out things like um, we've been doing it Dark Horse Lodge. Um, go check out Dark Horse Lodge. What it is? It's a uh, retreat for combat vets. They're in the process of building it. They could really use um, some donations, and uh, if they, they take PayPal. So check them out. If you want to email them, mail at uh, darkhorselodge.org, websites darkhorselodge.org. They're on Facebook. Um, do yourself a favor, you know, support the vets. Uh, it's a peaceful retreat for these guys who fought for freedom. And if you're on Amazon, you might as well just go to smile.amazon and select dark horse lodge because they're not going to charge you any more money, but the money you would have spent for Tamagotchis or gizmos or, you know, whatever you're going to get a portion of that is going to go, uh, to these guys. So to the charity of your choice, Yes, right. and you can choose dark horse lodge. Exactly.
1: So can't go wrong there. No. Um, and then also we have a fa- giveaway going on Facebook. Um, that's gonna run another week, probably till this. Well, I guess whenever you listen to this. So <laughs> yeah. whenever uh, if you if you're listening to it the day that's released, it'll be probably this coming Monday. I don't know how that translates in podcast time. Um, but what we'll do now, since uh, our good friends at Last Breath TV are celebrating them getting on um, Carbon TV, um, which is an an awesome network. It really is a network of just hunting shows that you can stream online. They donated some NAP quick fletches for us to give away to our listeners just to celebrate. So what we'll do is we'll give away one of their Last Breath TV stickers. We'll give away a pack of NAP quick fletches, and we'll give away – we got some neon pink working-class bowhunter koozies right now. We'll give away – We'll, get, we'll put that in a pack, so I guess yeah. the first person that do this, turn someone onto our podcast and let us know about it in an email, workingclassbowhunter at gmail.com. And,
3: and then go check out Last Breath, and then like Last Breath uh, on Facebook. And I think then, they, yeah, and they're on Instagram and Twitter.
1: Yep. And then do twenty five jumping jacks and then let us know about it. And yeah. first person to do that will uh <laughs> we'll send you out the, the goodies. It's gonna be Steve. So uh congratulations. <laughs> I jumping jacks. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations to those guys at yeah, Last Breath. Good dude, people. They, so. they
3: they hustled hard and uh, that's such a big deal. Like that's it's awesome.
1: Cool. I think Carbon T V needs to get into the podcast game and
3: uh, Well, we don't want to put Last Breath out of uh out of limelight right now so we'll, 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 we'll let them have this and so then when they start putting podcasts right. on there then you know
1: so make sure if you win that thank them first and then you can thank us for uh just the shipping <laughs> yeah. but um today we have ozonics on and we wanted to do this because we had a lot of questions about ozonics there's a lot i think there's a lot of questions in general about the ozone type scent killer product pe- yeah. realm, you know? You hear a lot of people that are really skeptical about it, right. which way they don't really know that much about them. That's yeah. how I am,
3: but then for sure, with every one person that you meet that isn't sure about them, you will always meet two that swear by them. So oh, yeah, exactly, for sure. yeah. Um, for sure. You know, I know we're gonna we're gonna get them on here. Um, yeah, and
1: we get pretty goofy. Basically, what I want to get to out of this podcast is what is it, how does it work, and really just get. I want to know about the company. I want to know about the products, and hopefully, we can get that uh, out of this podcast, and you guys get a better understanding for what it is and. We'll quit jabber, John, and let's get to it, Kurt. All right, we'll get uh, <laughs> we'll get him on the phone here and get talking. Thanks, guys.
3: All right, so uh, on the phone with us here, as promised, because we haven't we haven't broke a promise yet, buddy Pilon from Ozonics. How you doing, buddy?
0: Uh, I'm doing great, guys. How are y'all?
3: All oh good. man, living the dream and avoiding the nightmare. That's right. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. So basically, let's talk about Ozonics. That's a, that's what we're all here for right now. Ozonics is, I would say the the one of the next big things in the hunting industry as far as you know scent products go. Um, I see them everywhere, and for I mean this last week I've able to have one in my hands and handle it and play with it a little bit. But before that, I really didn't know much about it, and I feel like there's people who know and are familiar and love them, and there's the people that have no idea what they are, what they do, or have never heard of them. So can you kind of just explain? what an ozonic is, and just kind of start off by breaking it down.
0: Okay. So, um, you know, like a lot of people, um, um, the first time I heard about ozone, all I thought about was the, the stuff in the sky and there's some kind of ozone alert and that type of thing. But what you find out when you do a little bit of study is that, first off, um, I would like, ozonics didn't invent ozone. Ozone's been around since the beginning of time, right? God invented ozone. Mm-hmm. Um, every time li- every time lightning strikes the ground, ozone is created. Um, every time a-, a wave crashes against a beach or a waterfall or the water slides against uh, rocks, ozone's created. Um, and uh, about 150 years ago, somebody discovered and named ozone. And since then... Um, They've come to understand what it is, and it's very simply is an oxygen molecule that is ripped apart, and when when that molecule attaches, because it's in an unstable state with another oxygen molecule, it goes from O2 to O3, and it, it's a, the, the most powerful oxidant out there, more powerful than chlorine or bromine, and so as a molecule and it, it wants to revert to its normal state Since you've ripped it in half and it's reattached to an O2 molecule. Now it wants to revert back to its normal state. So any airborne particulate, dust, smoke, odor, in this case, human bacteria, which is what odor is, mm-hmm. um, it, it attaches to it and it destroys it. So like I tell a lot of people, um, and I know there are skeptics, but the fact is, is ozone science. Two plus two is always four and Ozone always destroys human odor or bacteria when it comes in contact with it. Right. And so that's in the hunting world it simply becomes an application issue. Alright, can you can you put the ozone where you need to put it?
1: Interesting. So I, I, well, that yeah. kind of shut the skept, the skeptics up right there and you know at first I I I was a skeptic because I mean, I guess you always should be until you learn more about it. But I mean, it's science. You can't really argue with it
3: well right. two plus two isn't always four because of common core math but that's a whole different podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's that,
0: that's right so well you know it, it's it's kind of like somebody comes up and says i've got that question for the last eight or nine years you know if it works and i and for a long time i would i would i would really struggle with you know how to answer that but over time and, and literally if if, if the Listeners will take the time to get on and just Google ozone. You will see that ozone, the first real use for scent control was in French morgues in the 1890s. They would use ozone to get rid of the odor of of the corpses stuffed in there. It's kind of morbid. Um, But there are many, many industrial applications. They use ozone to purify water in hot tubs and swimming pools. They use it to to purify drinking water in places. Um, they, They use it Oftentimes, uh, if a house is smoke damaged from, say, a fire, like a large portion of the house has a lot of smoke damage, but it wasn't burned by the fire, mm-hmm. they bring they bring in these giant ozonators on the wheels. And they carve them in there, they seal the house up, and they fire those up, and they kill all that odor. Same thing with flood uh, damaged houses where you start getting mold in there. They mm-hmm. bring in giant ozonators to destroy and kill the mold.
3: You know, a there's lot of a. There's a restoration company that's around here, and um, when I when I worked in the insurance industry, um, she came around and you know she was just telling us about some. They have this room, and she you know she was talking. She goes, "Oh yeah, all the guys take all their hunting gear at the end of the season and just throw it in there," and 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 she started explaining that to me, and like yeah, it finally came back around. I thought they just pulled the oxygen out of the room. I guess you know with the way molly. I'm not a scientist, clearly. I Man, I drink light beer. That's not a scientific thing, but um, that it, it, it's interesting. Now that it all comes full circle, right?
0: Well, that's the other thing. Like I, I tell people, we didn't invent those. all we did was was we you we know, purpose it and patent it to use in the field. First off, everybody in the industry um, up to this point has been concerned about the odor on you, right? And right. As the hunter they provide you with, with special clothing, they provide you with special spray, they provide you with special cover scent. But the fact of the matter is that an animal, animal doesn't smell you. He mm-hmm. smells what is released by you into the airstream, And that's been a huge concept for people when you finally grasp that. So then it becomes a game of if I can, if I can destroy the odor that leaves my body and, and, and ensuring that it never reaches the animal... Mm -hmm. then I've I've won the battle, right? Because that's why you always want the win in your favor because the only animal that can smell you is the animal downwind of you because that's where your odor is going. And so what makes us so different than any other product, scent control product on the market today is the fact that we're not worried about what you smell like. We're worried about the odor you release in the airstream, and we're going to do one of three things, right? We're going to destroy all of it sometimes right? That's that's the perfect scenario. I have enough concentration of ozone and I have enough time that every odor molecule released by you encounters ozone and is completely destroyed. Now, what some ozone or some odor will encounter this cloud or concentration of ozone and it it will be altered. So, in other words, every uh, human bacteria is made up of thousands of different chemicals. Nobody knows for sure what it is, but when those... When that human bacteria slams into that ozone right ozone molecules begin to attack it and it literally begins to unravel but the the neat thing to remember is that as soon as it starts destroying certain compounds in those that that is no longer human and so when it if it gets through your cloud of ozone it's been altered and finally the last thing that happens so your odor is either destroyed altered and all the time it's reduced ideally to the point that if it does get to an animal, he he feels like that you're at a safe distance, right? He thinks you're 400 yards away. In reality, you're 22 yards away, and you've already evaluated the, the animal and decided, hey, am I going to take this this deer or not take this deer or take this bear or whatever it may be?
1: Mm-hmm. You know what? This it, I'm kind of, like, wide-eyed right now because I didn't – I knew this podcast was coming up. We've been talking about it for a while, so I did minimal research because I didn't want to know everything when we came to the podcast. I wanted to actually have real conversation, So, but I'm blown away right now just because of the scientific part of it. You can't argue with it, so that is, I was excited to try this in the field. Um, we have the HR 200 right now in the studio, and uh, I'm even more excited now to try it. Well, he's putting everything in perspective now. Yeah, it's all it all makes more sense. And Absolutely. I guess that's all the questions every hunter has. But if everyone, you know, if someone that knows the Ozonic uses it and is familiar with it could explain everything you just said to someone who was curious about it, there would never they be would a They would go buy one instantly. Right, there would never be a question about yeah. it. Um, I guess the next questions after, like, you know, how does it work? You know, what's the science behind it? Um the correct way to use it i guess the next question is like well where do i put it like it i know it comes Great. with, with a mount but like in a tree stand what's the best way to set it up
0: well and, and so that that becomes probably the most critical piece of this entire puzzle right if we've established the fact that it's science and it and hu- ozone always destroys human odor when it comes in contact to, with it or alters it um then it becomes an issue of what i tell the guys is if you take a unit to the wards with you and, and you're not having success with it, you have to ask yourself three questions. A, is it working, right? That's the, that's the first thing. Is it producing ozone? Is, mm-hmm. the, is my battery charged? If you, if you rule that situation out, which 98% of the time you're going to rule that situation out, I've got a charged battery, it is producing ozone. The second question is, is there an environmental challenge present that the amount of ozone I'm producing can't overcome. Because remember, if you game a time and concentration, I need to produce enough ozone and keep it in the area long enough to encounter all the odor leaving my body and, and, and entering the, the airstream. So when you keep that in mind, the, if there is not an environmental challenge such as as high winds, uh, super high winds. And, and, and by that I referenced with the HR 200, I used to pretty much draw a line the sand around 15 miles an hour, depending on the situation and the type of terrain I was hunting. You, you would, it would dilute your ozone concentration quicker than the, and the chances of your odor getting through to an animal increased greatly. So the only thing to overcome that in those cases would be to add an additional unit because higher, more ozone will overcome that challenge. Now we have the H.R. 300, which produces 45% more ozone. So you'll be able to um, counter that environmental challenge. Same thing with, with high humidity situations. There's so much moisture in the air that ozone interacting with that moisture uses itself up and reduces your concentration. But in high humidity situations, there's usually very little wind. So you rule out those two things. It's working and it's not an environmental challenge. At that point, it becomes hunter application. In other words, like like anything, I need to, every time I get in a tree, I begin to spend all this time going, okay, the deer's moving from a bedding area to a feeding area, and I need to find a choke point or a travel route, and that's where I'm going to set up and I'm going to ambush this deer as he moves through.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or when you're duck hunting, you take a lot, you take in consideration what the wind's doing, where the sun's going to come up, how I want to set my spread. No different now when you get in a tree. The first thing I'm going to do with an ozonics is I'm going to say, okay, that's the wind direction. Most critical piece, determine wind direction, and where do I want to put my concentration of ozone? Always between me and a downwind animal. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I'm going to determine wind direction, and then I'm going to mount the box 8 to 12 inches above me, facing at about a 30-degree angle. So if you could imagine it, if it's just pointed straight out, that would that would be... Um, and at a uh, 180 degree or at uh, flat, and then you're gonna you're gonna twist it to about a 30, not quite a 45, but about a 30. Mm-hmm. As the winds increase, you would steepen that angle of delivery until you reach a 90 degree angle. If the winds increase to the point where I talked about earlier, you start pushing up against that 12 to 15 miles an hour. I would physically move the unit closer to me. And, and keep that steep angle because the point is I need to push or try to force ozone between me and the downwind side of that so anything that leaves me encounters the ozone. So from a tree stand setup, that's the, the basic configuration, 8 to 12 inches above you with the mount, always pointing in the downwind direction. So that means as you hunt, you need to be conscious of what the wind is doing. Mm-hmm. If, you know, for instance, a lot of times, if uh, you have a front come through, the wind they shift 180 degrees, and you need to turn around and and shift your unit so it, it, it's providing ozone right location. Right. And that's typically um, one of the situations where guys uh, um, or or gals forget to to chase the wind is what I call it.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes complete sense. And then I imagine it's even easier to use it effectively in a ground blind because. There's not, you don't have this, that harsh of, uh, like wind factor.
0: Oh, well, so in the ground blind, you know, I, I would never ever tell anybody that, that, that anything's a hundred percent. Right. But when, when you understand the technology and correct application of technology, hunting out of the ground blind gets you as close to being a hundred percent as anything, uh, in, in the market today will do. So when you hunt a ground blind, again, the first thing you're going to do when you get in there is determine wind direction. What is the wind doing? So the wind's moving from my right to my left, right? My, my shooting lanes are out front, and I know I've got a crosswind right to left. So the first thing I'm going to do, imagine you, know, you need to control airflow, right? Mm-hmm. In a ground blind, you can do that. So imagine a chimney in your living room. All you, you can adjust the flue correctly, and what happens? You light a fire in your living room, and you don't get a living room full of smoke. You create airflow and it sucks all the smoke out your chimney through the flue. Mm-hmm. A ground blind is no different. I'm going to determine wind direction. I'm going to open on the high side of the blind. I'm going to crack it up and create the, a draft into the blind. And then I'm going to go to the left side and I'm going to go on the low side as possible. And I'm going to put another one down near the base and I'm going to restrict that down to where I'm comfortable with, with the exit. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to unit, and I'm going to mount it. We have a mount that, that for hub-style blinds or any quarter-twenty. Um, standard mount for camera, tripods, all of those things. The mount that you don't sit on, and you literally hyper it. So, what you're doing at that point is you, you intentionally create an entry and an exit. And where's all your odor going? It's going out the exit. Where's all your ozone going? Out the exit. And in this case, like you alluded to earlier, in an open air environment, you've got a much bigger space that you have to play this time and concentration game with. Mm -hmm. But when you, in a ground blind, you literally restrict the airflow and you create the exit and you're able to hyperosinate that exit, it's game over in in that instance. When you understand and set up correctly in a ground blind, it's just sick what you can do and where you can hunt
3: yeah i was uh, you know just uh looking on the website and it said it does work in uh, in swirling winds right because the ozone's a gas um yep. you know if there is swirling winds and things and you know you still want to be out there i mean if you're over you know food or or you know you happen to put um you know like if some guys have some dough urine out um are would you be concerned with having you know ha- having s- some things like um you know i know it's in illinois and a lot of other states, it is illegal to you know bait, but for states that it is legal in, you know, would you be concerned about having the Ozonics unit out there when you're trying to use some scent to get get the critters in? Oh, hey, hey, I'm just saying, if the wind's swirling, you know, is it gonna what? What else can that ozone attack?
0: You broke up kind of bad there, Steve. So I, I mean, if you could say that one more time, what what I'm concerned with.
3: Oh, it was just um, if if you know if you've got some other things out there, and you know maybe you're hunting over a food source or something like that, um, or you got dough urine out. You know if the winds are swirling or something, you know are you at all concerned with having the uh, ozonics out there or
0: having the ozonics out there? Concerned with it doing what? Yeah, I mean or either
3: I, you know is is the, is the spread going to be too far where it's like you know eating up um, some of the stuff that you want the critters to smell or.
0: Well, so so right, and here's a great example. I, I think I understand your question. I think you're asking me, uh, am I concerned that the ozone is as powerful and effective as is that it'll destroy the attractant the that I have out to draw in a buck, for instance, Doe Urine or evercom or something like that? Is that is that the question? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, here's a great example. You know, I don't know if you guys ever hunt with a thermosel. But if you don't, you should if you have mosquito problems because they they're excellent. But what I found out very quickly is if I wasn't careful where I positioned my thermocell, my ozone would literally destroy all of my the 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 chemical being released by my thermocell that was keeping the mosquitoes off me, and I would get eaten by mosquitoes. But it's a simple it's a simple thought process. I need to put my thermocell upwind of me. So it hits me and provides me with the chemical, and, and then when it gets in the downstream downstream section, the wind portion where my ozone is, who cares what happens because it's it covered across me. So it's the same thing about placement of a deer attractant or, or something else. If you place it in a position that, the, that it's going to counter ozone before it gets to where you need it to go, then yes, it, it's going to be destroyed or reduced to the point it may uh, impact its effectiveness. So you would want to strategically place it to ensure that, hey, the deer's going to set. So, for instance, because ozone is so reactive, most of the time, some people go, well, you know, I've seen this deer out of 30 yards and it reacted to my, it smelled my ozone. Well, first off, ozone is in the ambient air and, and animals have smelled ozone, but Ozone's so reactive that by the time it would get out to 30 yards, it, it, it's used up in an open-air environment. It's reactive with everything amateur. So typically if it did react, it's, he's either smelled ultra-human odor, it's no longer human, and now he's like, hey, I don't know what that is, or he smelled a little bit of you and said, because it was reduced. Same thing here. Put your attractant or, or whatever you want far enough out there, 25, 30 yards away, between you and your, your ozone, if it's on the downward side, because that's where you're trying to attract the animal obviously. And you should be fine.
1: So let's talk, I want to transition from that to the actual, um, units themselves. So in studio, we have the HR 200 and I guess some questions about them would be that if someone's never handled one is how heavy are they? Is it loud when it's on? How long is the battery life? Um, basically like how easy is it to pack in and actually set up and you know what I mean? And as far as, so let's yeah. just start with like uh let's just start with the features on each unit, whatever one you want to start with.
0: Okay. So the, so the HR 200 has been our, our workhorse model. We introduced it in 2010 and prior to that, we had a model called the HR 100. Um, and, and just to give you some perspective that we introduced that model of, uh, in 2007 at a consumer show in Texas, after we did some, we, we built the original prototypes and tested them and, and that unit weighed five and a half pounds, ran on a nickel cadmium battery, super effective. I mean, I, I would carry literally carry two of them to the woods with me and I, it, it was horrible, right? <laughs> um, because they, you know, that's 11 pounds worth of units, but they were super, super effective. But nobody was going to buy 11 pounds worth of units, right? Right, right. So, so over the next three years, we worked very, very hard to do to accomplish what you see in your, in your hand as the, the HR 200. Now, the one you have is far more advanced than the original one. Obviously, there's a lot of internal changes to that unit to make it much more efficient and effective. But what we did is take a five and a half, Pound uh, box and and we slimmed it down, made it more ergonomically correct. It's easier to handle by the hunter and the tree. Um, we reduced the weight with a with a battery in it to about one and a half pounds, a little bit, a little maybe a little bit more. Um, we uh, from a noise perspective, it's a constant noise. It's a fan from a computer and you guys. In a, in a normal room with ambient noise, you can't really even hear it. In the woods on a very calm day, you can hear it. But as a white as noise, I've been hunting with these units now, even with the big original 100s since 2007. So um, over eight years, almost nine years, I've been hunting with units. And I, me personally, I've never seen a deer, what I would consider any animal, react to the noise piece of it. Um, I, now I have reacted to it, On in, in super calm days, you know, what I typically do is as long as it's not raining or doing something crazy, I'll turn the unit upside down, which pushes the noise. And most of the time, the noise you're hearing is not the fan. The noise you're hearing is the actual production of ozone because what it is, is electricity. High voltage electricity cracking that oxygen molecule. And that's typically the noise you're hearing. Okay. What do you hear some more
1: for our listeners if you're listening right now I have it the uh h r 200 on in and I'm holding it right up to the mic right now and that's right up to the mic so you might not even be able to hear this I doubt it but it's not loud at all so just so if you're wondering if it's loud or whatever it makes a little buzz I mean there's really not much to it at all
0: and, and what you'll find on the HR 200, too, is there is a boost mode, so and that produces uh, 50% more ozone on demand. So when you fire the unit up, you hit the power button, it starts in what we call standard mode. And standard mode, typically, when we we're talking about hunting in a ground-blind situation, standard mode is typically fine because, you again, you've restricted your airflow and your hyper ovenate. In an open-air environment, I recommend that you always use it in boost mode. Now, when you hit the boost mode, it does make it. It, it increases the um, the output of the unit, and in turn, like I said, it increases the production of ozone. So
2: mm-hmm. there is
0: a slight increase in the volume of the unit when that when that happens. But again, it's negligible. And in a in a wood uh, in a hunting environment, again, I've never seen it sh- what I would consider spooking an animal.
1: Yeah, I would definitely um, not think it would ever spook anything. I mean, with all the noise, with the leaves and everything else going on squirrels and everything else it's uh it literally would not be an issue for for sure so
0: um and then so this year we've introduced uh, so we've had that unit for five years been very very uh, effective with it um and it's it's like i said it's a workhorse um This year we've introduced the H.R. 300, and I I kind of touched on it earlier, the fact that sometimes there were certain environmental challenges that that you just simply couldn't produce enough ozone to overcome sometimes. So that was a main um, um, feature or benefit that we wanted to add to the new unit, uh, the H.R. 300, the ability to produce more ozone. So the unit in the boost mode, H.R. 300 does produce 45% more ozone than the H.R. 200. Um the second thing is we've kept the weight um very very similar the The actual h r uh, three hundred is an improvement or, uh, from a from a use standpoint um it, we've made the uh, battery defense a little bit bigger and um so you can change the battery or put the battery in in the dark with the glove hands because it's typically when hunting white so cold mm-hmm. and you really you really struggled with the two hundred. To some degree the other thing is, is on the 300 um, we've changed the face plate so even in the dark with gloved hands it's very very easy to say hey here's the power button and here's the mode button whereas with the 200 you there are differences and in the dark with, with your bare hands you can say okay I see the power button and and I know where the, the mode button is mm-hmm. and you could figure that out but it's a little more difficult and with gloved hands really it, it didn't lend itself to that that application so you would have to take your gloves off second thing is that um so we wanted to keep the weight even though the 300 has a slightly larger footprint it literally appears to be the same size or maybe even smaller because of the, the sleekness of the unit um the weight is about two tenths of a pound more so it runs in the 1.7 1.75 pound mm-hmm. so even when you're even when you're packing these in uh, on a western hunt so up the side of a mountain um, it, the way um, we take that into consideration is when you're chasing elk or whatever you may do, and even on even on long walks into a, a whitetail set or a bear set, yeah. um, it, it's not it's not going to affect that. Um, the battery life on both of them come with standard batteries as part of the package. The standard battery will give you five hours in standard mode, so you, you put a full charge on it you'll get 5 hours of standard mode. If you're in boost mode, you're going to get 4 hours. Okay. We offer a, we offer an extended like battery for both units and you're going to double your run time. So for those run hunts, you're going to you're going to get uh, 8 hours of boost and you're going to get 10 hours in standard mode.
1: Wow. That's impressive. Oh, that is impressive. Is there an like some sort of adapter for like a car charger that you can get so if guys want to get down and take a break, give it a little boost and get back into the into the tree?
0: There well, and because of the, the power requirements to produce the voltage we have and to charge those batteries, actually, at this point, we do not offer a car charger. And right again, that's I'm not an engineer, really, I'm just a railroader, and I get to do this on the side for fun. Um, you know, I'm like I'm like you guys, I got a full time job all day long, and right, right so I, I don't really know the technology piece there, but I do know. The way it's been explained to me is that at the current time, a car charger just simply it would take it would take eons to charge the lithium battery to the point it would just uh, take too much. So, right. So the the best alternative that again is why we offer an XL battery between. For sure. The unit will come with the unit, a standard battery, a charger that charges, and it will come with our standard mounting system. That's that's all turnkey. So if you buy the unit, it'll come packaged with those items. The XL battery is an accessory. But between a standard battery and the purchase of an XL battery, if you're if you're hunting the the four hour morning four hour evening type situation, you can you can really get about three hunts in boost mode open air environment.
1: Yeah, which which, that's really impressive. Honestly, I I I wouldn't expect it to last that long. Um, But that you know eight hours that's that's impressive. That is very impressive. Because yeah. you don't have to worry about it. You can turn it on, and you know it's going to do its thing, and you don't have to. You don't even have to really worry about it. Um, if you're Steve right. in the tree stand, all you got to worry about is your phone battery dying because he's just on Twitter all the whole time. <laughs> oh, hey, you know. <laughs> but uh, see if I
3: can rig something up to that battery to charge my phone. Yeah, that's what you need. <laughs>
1: We need to make a Steve model yeah. with a USB port in yeah. the front of the Ozonic. Yeah, you know? I'm not going
3: to need this power thing. I'm not going to shoot this deer anyway. Might as well tweet about it. <laughs> well,
0: you know, Steve, I know what's going to happen. I, I, I have a good story about that where I was sitting in a tree stand and staring at my phone, and I was actually staring at the phone about how to cape deer. You know, I've I taped <laughs> several deer, but I'm sitting here thinking, you know, there's got to be an easier way to do it than the way I do it. So I'm reading about this. And about that time I, I hear something, a noise, and I look down, there's a beautiful, you know, young eight-point, but he's just sitting there staring at me. And I'm I'm just sitting there thinking, had that been a shooter, I'm, I'm done. You know, so that'll happen to you.
1: That'll happen to you. That's, that's, uh... that's Steve's story every weekend. Yeah. Every time Steve sees a buck, that's what happens. Yeah, I was on my phone.
3: Well, to be fair, there was some big news about Hulk Hogan, so what was I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> a deer can wait. This Hogan news needs to happen now, but man, and not being worth it either of those. Yeah, there'll be a, there'll be another deer, but there's only one Hogan lawsuit, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> See,
1: that's the that's the beautiful thing about doing a hunting podcast podcast with Steve is no matter like what companies we're affiliated with, it's never like the product's fault because you know like you know if Steve had an Ozonic in the tree stand, you know that got the deer close to him without knowing. It's just him moving and tweeting on his phone is just what catches him up. So <laughs> it's like he's got all the products and everything to get him right where he needs to be. It's just that, that Steve effect on his on himself that never closes the deal for him. And that's entertainment for all of us. Well, no, it's
3: probably – got to probably stop playing Yahtzee on my phone. You know, the one where I actually have to shake the phone get the dice <laughs> to roll. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: uh, well, we know. hope that – this unit, Steve, will will get you that big buck that uh catches you tweeting about Hulk Hogan every year. Well, I was tweeting about That's Hogan's true. unit, but you know,
3: anyway. Uh it's here's what's here's what's really interesting to me about about the whole uh Ozonix thing. You know, it's it's been one of those those word of mouth products. And uh, you know, the fact that like not everybody has them is is kinda uh interesting to me because the people who talk to us about Uh, About using them And swear by them Always have the biggest deer on their wall And I'm just I I, I don't know I'm kind of blown away as to why Not everybody has just Put this in their bag Just as they would an arrow You know what I mean? Let
1: me kind of answer What I think could be the answer to that question And and then buddy I want you to kind of Fill in off of what I say I think it's It's because people are uneducated about them And they see the price of it I think so too
0: Mm-hmm. No, hey, I, you know what, it's it a. It, it's like these podcasts are awesome when we get the opportunity because, again, you said it earlier, when you when you truly do, to me, one of the, the most profound things about it is that when people truly begin to understand that deer's not smelling me, he's smelling what's released from my body, and if I can reduce or destroy what's re- leaving from my body, it no longer matters what I smell like or what I do from a preparation standpoint. Now I'm not advocating that you don't practice some what I call passive scent control regimen to reduce the odor because then you simply don't have to have as much ozone or or time to to be to, to effectively manage or eliminate your odor. Right. Um and the other thing is is with that gap in a person's education, like you're saying, if we if if they so so you guys are probably just like me, right? I'm going to be skeptical about a lot of things, but when one of, when a buddy that I trust, I hunt, he doesn't have to explain to me how it works, but if he comes to me and says, dude, seriously, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm going to go out and try it. Right.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, exactly. But if
0: you, if you, in the absence of that, Type of that scope of influence or that type of trust in somebody, then it does become about disposable income and open to buy dollars. And and everybody in this industry has been burned by scent control products in the past. And that the, right. the the whole idea of hocus pocus. And second, people or, or third or whatever point I'm on, I lost count. But um, <laughs> is is that is that um, people they don't understand You can't see it, right? You can't see it working. This is, this is this whole idea of a, I got to understand a little bit of science, which it's, it is really simple. An oxygen molecule rip. Oh, three, you go on the internet and in 10 minutes, you'll understand in a very powerful way. Just go to your guys' website and you guys
1: explain it on your website.
0: Absolutely. And that's going to get much, much better. We've been working very, very hard to, to help people understand what it is and how it's, it's seriously. You said it earlier. In my mind, it's, once people learn how to use it and correctly apply it, it will change the way you hunt. Right. And it, this is a sport, I, I tell people all the time the person who needs this unit the most is the person who thinks they need it the least. And, and here's why um, the guy with 40 acres, it, it's really easy to burn your property up, right? It's right. really easy to hit, hit your deer. The guy with 2,000 acres, he can pick the right wind all the time. He doesn't have to go to this area or that area because the conditions are bad. A lot of us don't have that choice. I, I work till five, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and in the wintertime, i got an hour and a half of light. I don't have time to run home, take a shower, do all these things, and I certainly don't have time to pick the right wind on 100 acres if, 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 that, if I'm lucky to hunt that, or yeah. 700, whatever it may be. Um, it's our product does a couple of things that very few products do. A every when you walk into a bow shop or Cabela's, every product in there is designed to maximize existing opportunity. Right? Hey, this this buy this bow; it shoots faster and straight, and this and that. But our product does something that, again. Very few products do. Not only does it maximize existing opportunity, but when used correctly, it creates opportunity that didn't exist before. You can hunt the same stand in the wrong way. You can hunt the same stand over and more often because you're not educating your animals because they don't smell you. right? And so they, you none of us know how many animals on the downwind side of you smelled you and never came in. Yeah. So you, so you miss that opportunity. So th- there's a lot of, a lot of pieces when you begin to truly understand the application of technology. And at that point, the price point, um, becomes much more acceptable right and you begin to go well wait a second this is a this is an investment it it's not an expense right
2: right this
0: is going to help me achieve what i'm after Um, the same reason why we buy most products i I want a faster bow i want better arrows i I want these things because it helps me achieve the goal i'm after.
1: well you know when you made that point you just blew my mind literally i did the old like brain explosion (laughs) thing you know um when you said the thing about the guy that hunt, basically if you hunt average property, which all of us in the all studio right do. now do, yep. we have small parcels and we're yep. not spoiled and blessed with a crazy amount of money and can do whatever we want. So, right. and that it's not an expense anymore. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's an, an asset galaxy. because, well, you know, you can spend whatever it, uh, one unit costs. And like you said, you're not burning out your area as hard as if you went in. Cause a lot of times I'm going to work right after work Run into the woods, changing right outside my car, and I'm running to my stand. And I'm sweating, and I just the scent control. You know, if you want to get out there and get after those big bucks, you kind of have to sacrifice a little scent control. But with one of these units this season, you know, it's gonna it's give me that little bit of edge, and that's a huge deal. Well, or, let me. Or how many times have you wanted to hunt a stand, but you could only hunt it like one time a year because the wind was wrong, or or that's gonna give you the opportunity. Or if do. the winds it's all right you know the wind could work for that stand and it's crunch time it's you know november 6th and, you know you know with this i might i'm going to go for it because it's only november 6th well, right. one day out of the year right. and i'm going to go for it um this is going to give you that opportunity Here, i it. can
3: I, I can put it in perspective perfectly if you're <clears throat> you know on the fence about you know <clears throat> do i want to spend 300 on a unit that works or i think it's like 499 on the um the newer unit That's money you're going to already want to spend on a whole scent control, like outfit, like a whole pant leg undergarment or more or or more, a lot more, or you're going to spend a lot more on, on something that is only going to be able to work in the right wind. So, you know, if you, you can, uh, you know, with this, yeah, obviously take, take some precautions and, you know, try and get. Well, there's a hundred ways to look at it, but it's a benefit either way. But yeah, you're not the money that you were going to probably spend on new camo this year. You can have this, and then get you know, and then you're going to get you're going to get your money's worth out of it. Well, and then you'll take deer to the taxidermist, so really you're going to lose money. But you know how it goes. (laughs) You get that deer on your wall. That's the whole
1: point. You're there in the first place. Well, you know,
0: my wife always says, "Well, look, I got this on sale and." Uh, look how much money I saved, and so that, that's always my excuse when I jump from the taxes, taxidermy, you know, is just this idea that, well, you know, I, I I didn't I I spent all this money, but look what I get to hang on the wall, you know. Right.
1: And, right. Uh, well, you know, buddy, good for us because we have a taxidermy sponsorship, so it kind of works out in our favor when yeah. we kill something nice. But <laughs> it's a uh, we we have a great taxidermy. He's, he's a good friend of ours. Mark, he's on the podcast a lot, but he, he was real curious about the Ozonic too. And when I first emailed you to do um, a podcast, you know, I think I said in that first email, you know, there's a lot of people who just are uneducated about it. And that was including me when I sent the email and that's just some stuff I wanted to learn. I figured it'd be, this would be a good podcast for people to, you know, hear about the product, how it actually works. Um, just all the details about it. And maybe just kind of answer some questions for myself and everyone else who had the same questions. And it's just, uh, I have a whole different perspective at, of Ozonics in general, right. uh, just the whole sure. technology behind it. And it's science and it's, you can't it's, beat science. It's science in your favor in a convenient way. Right.
0: Yep. Yep. You know, and there, there's a couple of things I, I, I want to touch on in real quick is the HR 300 also has, we have some new technology. You're going to see a lot of people out there um, that are, that are jumping into this, this market, right? They, they, they've, uh, We've built um, uh, what I would call electronic scent control market, and now you see people stepping in. But what you will find is that I can I can literally show you, you have to understand the correct application of ozone. And this year we introduced the 300, and it has what we call a dry wash mode, and we've also introduced two different uh, what I call ozonics and motion products. We have the kinetic pack that allows you to take, so on your ingress, guys, you're trying to get into your stand or out of your stand. A lot of times, that's when the hunt's blown right there, mm-hmm. um, and you don't even realize it a lot of times. So you can you can wear the O's, you can wear your 300 or your 200 on your back as you go in, or spot and stock scenarios. But we've also introduced for the first time a dry what we call dry wash bags to help guys. There's still an entire faction of people that says, "Hey, I, I want to sanitize my clothing before I hunt." We understand that. But the difference is, is we introduced a bag five years ago, but we realized very quickly that that we there need, there's more to it than just pumping ozone into a bag and and cleansing clothes or stuffing them in a trash bag or into a duffel bag. Mm-hmm. Um, you you have to create airflow because. The analogy I like to use is if I take a gallon of bleach and pour it in a load of, of clothes in my washing machine, and, and I'm going to ruin that load of clothes. But if I take a cup of bleach and I pour it in that washing machine and run it on the right cycle, I'm going to clean and purify those clothes. And the use of ozone is no different. If I indiscriminately pump ozone onto my hunting gear, at some point I'm going to cross a threshold from cleansing and purifying to degrading and destroying and so, when you look at our dry wash bag, when it's mated with our, our HR300 with with uh, the pulse technology, what you're going to find is a baffled airflow system that that and and meet well the structures that help you understand that to maximize the exposed surface area because those don't have to come in contact with, with the the odor on your clothes. So if it's just wadded up in a bag, there's a bunch of that that the odors never exposed to. So we built a hanger system. We create airflow that forces ozone up through the clothes and vents out, and we cycle that with a fresh air cycle. So, in other words, we're using just just like a cup of bleach. We're using just the right amount of ozone for just the right amount of time, so we cleanse and purify your clothes, not destroy your clothes. And and that's a big difference than some of the some of the other situations that are out there.
3: Yeah, I got a yeah, I got a real funny story. A couple of years ago, I um uh, because <clears throat> I didn't have a I didn't have a, uh, <clears throat> like a, a bag like an air...
1: Like a scent uh, tote.
3: A scent tote, yeah. So I was just throwing all my camo in a garbage bag, right, and like sealing it up as soon as I got home. Well, you know, I, I just grabbed a garbage bag, and I was going about my day. And like, you know, I think it was later that week, I was I was replacing the trash, and I pull a garbage bag out, and I'm like, you know, putting it in in the, the trash can. I'm like, what is that smell? Like, it it was bugging me and I could never figure out why it always smelled right there. Well, until one day I actually picked up the box and I never knew they made scented garbage bags. So I was throwing my camo in the scented garbage bags like, man, I hope the deer move soon. I hope they like lemon fresh <laughs> or whatever it was. But like yeah, no cab. I I had that yeah, that that blew my mind cuz like I would and what I would do, I was still using that same garbage bag so like I'd wash my clothes in the like the detergent <laughs> camo. I'd even throw in one of like the the uh um the uh dryer uh, the dryer, uh, sheets. The dryer sheets that they give you. And I was always, like, super careful. I'd, like, yell at my girlfriend, like, don't you dare touch those with your smelly hands. And I'd be throwing it in the scent garbage bag the whole
1: time. You know what I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say you had it in, like, your living room. So, like, when you wanted to go out, you could just grab the bag and go. I thought you were going to say, Amy, Steve's girlfriend was throwing garbage on your, oh, no. your clothes. Or, th-
3: or she threw the garbage bag away. She thought it was Oh, no, trash. no, no, no. <laughs> believe me, she doesn't throw trash or the garbage bag away. Believe me. Oh, God, I hope she didn't hear this. <laughs>
1: That's too funny, man. You need you need an Ozotic on you all the time. Actually, we had this thing running in the studio before we came in here because I wanted to clear out the smell of Steve's feet before we all got in the studio. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, works. Works. <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> it works well.
0: Well, I if you guys have if you go on hunts together um sometimes we you all know a few days of beanie weenies we don't hunt together <laughs> uh, Oh, okay <laughs> well camp house bathroom that's the best place in the world to test out those and that's that is an absolute truth
1: oh, after Steve's been in the bathroom man <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> we're going to put this thing to the test trust okay. me it will this thing oh gonna, yeah this thing's going to get its work in for sure but uh <laughs> I don't know it. It we did run it in the studio before we did the podcast, and I it works. I mean, I didn't notice anything. I mean, it's a, our studio is small by design, and uh, no, it, it did an effective job. I'm I'm really excited to use it and test it out. Awesome. And I think you know, with a lot of hunting products, if you have confidence in it, it just gives you that mental edge, no matter what it is.
3: Kind of takes that edge off of
1: you. Right. And this is a big mental confidence thing too. Because one, you know it's working and it's just I can already see that um that comfort level and just confidence in what you're doing. And I think that makes a big difference in kind of, you know, when you start to get burned out, if it's mid October or mid November, mid October, if you hit the lull or whatever, you know, it's when you have confidence in your gear and what you're doing, it just helps you stay out there. So I think that's a big advantage of it as well. Hopefully we didn't lose him there. Did we? You there, buddy?
3: All right, yeah, He uh, he, accident- we got Buddy back on the phone. Actually, what <laughs> happened was um, he was talking normally, but, like, on his volume setting, he put the Ozonics volume on there so
1: you couldn't hear a thing. That's, uh, <laughs> oh, that's exactly what yeah. happened. So hopefully he's there still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's uh, there. Yep, I'm here. But, no, I think, you know, it'll add – an edge to your confidence level, which helps you stay out there and keeps you motivated, and you know the mental, the mental part of it's a big thing for one hunting. less thing you got to think about, pretty much, right?
0: Right. Well, you know, one uh, something I like to, I've always thought about is, You know, for a long time, hunters, there's really three variables that were that come into play uh, when you talk about hunting. One, you have to control what the animal sees, right? And so we have camo. We put ourselves high up in a tree, and we don't move. So that was completely within our control. The next thing is you don't want the animal to hear you, so you sneak into your stand under cover of darkness. Usually, you're very quiet, and when you're sitting in the stand, you don't make noise. You can control it directly. The one variable that we never could control was the wind. But it, there, there was always this piece here that man, I, I, I can't. Even if I'm wearing, shooting, like my, covering myself in sprays and wearing special clothes, I'm still breathing. I'm still producing odor. Mm-hmm. that there's nothing that I can do about. And until now, that variable was always out of your control. But with Ozonics, like you said, now I can sit still and it's not going to see me. I can be quiet. They're not going to hear me. And I can, if I correctly apply my ozone and my Ozonics, they're not going to smell me. So that, that confidence that, that you've done everything you possibly can to place yourself in the, in the best position to, to take the animal you're after, um. Absolutely um, builds confidence and keeps you in the woods.
3: Yeah. So if you got halitosis, you might shoot a big deer. You know, you're gonna eat it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: So, so, well, you don't have to chew on on cow crap anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no camouflage here. Oh, hey, well, this the, Copenhagen. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: It'll it'll take away Copenhagen, won't it?
0: Oh, yeah. Dude. Hey, there you
3: go, oh,
1: Eric.
0: In fact, in fact I, used to, I used to tell people, I'd have them open a can of that, and you get some of that oil on there, and then just hold it in there for a few minutes, you know, just repeat, hold it right in front of it, and then smell your fingers. Now, it'll kill that odor, but as soon as you rub your fingers, right, because it's oil-based, there's a lot of moisture inside that in Copenhagen, you'll release more odor molecules, put it back up there, and it kill you. But that's always been a, a neat little test.
1: Oh, that's we're, interesting. We're, hey, we'll yeah. give that a try after this. Yeah, I think we got a can of Copenhagen um, or something. I got a couple there. sitting around here. <laughs> <laughs> Steve needs a pair of underwear with the Ozonics unit built into the back of it. <laughs> 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 Save us all. Develop something for us, please. Yeah, oh,
0: no, it's coming, out. coming yeah. out next year, dude. He's, out next year.
3: he's got us the uh, Ozonic drawers for Steve and Steve alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, too but, funny.
0: Yeah. We're gonna partner with Duluth Trading Company and mount ozonators in the back of
1: them. Yeah, 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 yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right, but uh, what's your guys' website that way people can get there? I'm sure on all social media, we'll we'll share all that stuff too, and we'll put uh, links in the description of the episode um, to all your guys' stuff.
0: Okay, yeah, the website's is and, and like you said, we Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of those places. Uh, it's a great place. To all the time, we're adding more content to help educate uh, not only about the the science and the technology piece of it, but how to how to use it, how you know, um, how to uh, effectively use it year round, shed hunting, food plots, setting stands, that type of thing.
1: Right. Okay. Cool. cool. Yeah, we'll put all that yeah. in the the description of the episode. And uh, you know, thanks for doing the podcast. Like I always say, you know, like we said earlier in the episode, word of mouth is probably the strongest thing in our industry. From Your buddy says something works. Well, I'm going to give it a shot then if my buddy says. And uh, buddy says. (laughs) You're waiting for me to get that Yeah. So, but, you know, podcast, it's the strongest word of mouth that, you know, really out there. It's everyone gets to hear it. And, you know, I hope everyone got something from this podcast, learned a little bit about the product. And I I certainly have a different look on Ozonic and the technology. And um, I'm just excited about it now. I can't wait to try it. But well,
3: now we got to try the Copenhagen test.
1: Yep, that's the next test. We will do that. Uh, so, buddy, stick around on the phone. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, we're going to keep them coming. You guys want to add anything? Workingclassbowhunter.com. Thank you. Good job. We've failed to promote our own website.
3: <laughs> Instagram, working class bow podcast.
1: Workingclassbowhunter. Totally. <laughs> so, we'll find
3: it. Just, start, <laughs> just type in that so far, you'll find it.
1: All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We love you. Go shoot your bow. Later.